Well, good morning. It is a Friday morning. It is almost the end of August. It's about 20 after 9 o'clock, and this is Chatting with Chap, and I'm your host, Ginger Wade, and I'm so glad you're meeting with me this morning. I am glad that I can meet with you this Friday morning, because in a few weeks, I won't be able to meet on Friday morning, because co-op will have started, and that's where I will be. Um, but I am glad to be with you here this morning, and you know what? I've been getting lots of messages and questions about getting started, and the law, and rules, and you know, what people have to do. So I think I'm going to do like a tip of the day for the next few videos at least. Maybe I'll just continue that. But here's the thing that came up recently that I wanted to give you the tip of the day or the reminder of the day for homeschooling in Pennsylvania. So uh, the question came in was, what, when can I start counting my days um, for this school year? So that's actually a two-pronged question. It's based upon whether or not you're a returning homeschooler or a new homeschooler. So let me define returning homeschooler for you. Returning homeschooler is someone who homeschooled last year. Okay, so you were homeschooling the previous school year. You're continuing to homeschool this year. You have already gone through the whole paperwork thing once, at least with your school district. Um, in that particular case, it is assumed that you will continue to be a homeschooler. So even if you don't hand in your affidavit by J July 1st, you can start counting your days on July 1st. Just make sure you get your paperwork in by August 1st. That's for returning homeschoolers, okay? I always hand my paperwork in with my evaluations by the end of June. So it's on a nice little package there and whatever. But as a returning homeschooler, you can start counting your days on July 1st. As a new homeschooler, if you are brand new and you're jumping into this right now and you've never filed paperwork before, you can only start counting your days when you get that paperwork handed into the school district. Now, there's another thing I want to say about that. So the moment you hand it to the school district, boom, you can start counting. I want you also to be aware that you do not need to wait for a confirmation or an approval from the school district. There's so many people who think they need to do that. The school district is literally a drop-off place for your paperwork. That is all. That's it. They don't approve you. They don't say, oh yeah, we accept your paperwork. No, you drop it off. There you go. You're a homeschooler. Okay? So, newbies. You can only start counting your days once you get your paperwork to the school district office, okay? And obviously, if you have children that are under six, you don't need to count days because you're not filing. And it should be more fun than that, right? <laughs> so, okay, so on to the topic at hand today. So as you know, we are the Christian Homeschool Association of Pennsylvania. So why is the Christian in there? Why aren't we just like the... Homeschool Association of Pennsylvania people, yippee, you know, then we can be happy, right? So we are the Christian Homeschool Association of Pennsylvania, which if you had gone to um, convention in days of yore, uh, the header to our speakers would have said, we are your trusted advocate for Christian homeschooling in the state of Pennsylvania. And it might even still say that I actually don't remember, even though I'm the one that records them. And... Um, that's it's Christian home education. We as parents desire to train our children up in the way they should go according to God's word. 
Christian education, right? So we are all about Christian education. So when we have our children at home, learning about the world is all from a biblical perspective. It's all from God created. God did this. God wants order. That's why math works out so awesomely. So I love about math. And but there's creativity within the creation too. And it's just it's just wonderful to have that biblical worldview as you're training your children. Uh so as Christians, if you're looking at um Deuteronomy six or Proverbs twenty two six, uh you know, train your child up in the way they should go, or you know, train your children as you sit, as you stand, as you walk, as you lie down. Um and it says to teach your children to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And and all of these things, This that is what we are doing as educators of our children. We are training them according to biblical a biblical framework. So if we don't do that, what is it that we're doing? Like in government school, what are they doing? Because, you know, we know that they're not allowed to do that in government school. So what are the angles that are coming out in a government school? Well, there's just four things that I thought of. I know there's tons of different things, but four cultural, let's say cultural kind of attitudes that are out there kind of guiding the way people are thinking. Um, one of the ones, and this has been around forever, and it's in all the little princess movies, follow your heart. Follow your heart and do what you want to do no matter what. You know, be happy and, and do what you want to do. Uh, one of the other messages that is huge right now is to, to not take responsibility for your actions. It's always someone else's fault. And unfortunately, we are seeing this in the highest levels of, you know, governorship or however you want to say it in our land. The, the highest people who are uh, leading and guiding our country are doing this blame shifting type of thing. Um, the next one that is big right now, too, is what I believe whether it's actually true, according to scripture or not, no, not everyone's a Christian, but the general thought is, whatever I believe, everyone else has to affirm it and support it, or they're my enemy. So if you don't think like me, or you have a differing opinion, you're my enemy. That's the cultural thought right now. And um, one of the other ones, too, that I was picking up on, on some other homeschool posts early, uh, earlier this week or last week was, uh, I need to love myself because only then can I love others. You know, self-love, this whole self-love, love myself uh, kind of a thing. And there's different, I know there's different thoughts in this type of thing, but, you know, bear with me. Let's go Let's go through these four and think about them. So, so this is what the culture is telling us. And if we're not biblically training our children and we're culturally training them, are they being influenced by media or they're in a government school or, you know, wherever it is that they're getting these cultural influences, let's hold them up to the light, right? Let's hold them up to scripture. So what does scripture say about just these four things that I brought up this morning? Well, let's take a look. I looked at Jeremiah 9. This popped into my head. I looked it up to find it. And I don't know if you guys remember D from years ago. I remember when D had to start using glasses in our show. Oh, guess what, guys? <laughs> I'm there. So I'm going to pop on my glasses so I can read the scripture to you. All right. So Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Okay. So if we're thinking about follow your heart, do what you want to do. But Jeremiah is telling us that our heart is, <laughs> is deceitful. I say it, wicked is what sticks in my brain. Above all things and beyond cure. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know that I'm going to be following my heart. I don't think it's very reliable. Uh, if you look at Psalm 14, too, it also says that no one does good, you know, not even one. So if you're thinking, if you're a Christian and you're training your children to follow Christ, you're looking at the biblical worldview, the follow your heart thing does not hold up. All right, it doesn't hold up to scripture. Well, let's look at uh, the rest of my scriptures are from First John. Man, First John is great. You should totally study First John. So the second one was don't take responsibility for your actions. It's always someone else's fault that that things went wrong or whatever. Well, I was thinking about this and I remembered John, First John one. Now, First John is a letter. It's not the gospel. It's one of the little ones near the back near Revelation. So. First John chapter 8, uh, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us, right? So the blame shifting, it's not my fault. I didn't do anything wrong. Well, that doesn't hold up to scripture either, does it? So it's like, no, it says right here, we, we, we all sin. And it said in Psalm 14, which I mentioned before, we, we all sin. We, we can't shift the blame because we have to take responsibility because we have to acknowledge that we that we sin, and that's in here in, in First John. So the next one was what I believe, whether it's true or not, everyone else must affirm and support or they are my enemies. So the part of this that I'm going to just touch on right now is the part about you're my enemy. If you don't think like me, you're my enemy. So if we're looking at First John chapter 2, uh, starting at verse 9, it says, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. So if we as Christians hate those who don't have the same opinion as us, you're still in the dark, according to what scripture says. You, you aren't walking in the light. You aren't walking with Jesus. Um... And then we move to number four, we can only love because God first loved us. First John four nineteen. Um, so I just I just read right what it is we, we love. We can only love because God first loved us. We don't love ourselves first and therefore we can love other people. We love God and we accept God's love for us. And then we are able to love others. So it's loving God above all things. That makes us able to love others and to love ourselves, really, because we have to understand the depth of God's love for us. And that comes from learning from this. So as a Christian, this is the angle you need to be coming for. This is the angle you need to be looking at. When you see these messages that are coming from the culture, you need to compare it to what Scripture says. So it's the depth of Christ's love. That gives us the ability to love. His willingness to die for us on the cross. His willingness to take up the the torture, the pain, the punishment for our sin. The depth of that love makes us able to love other people. Because Christ didn't die just for me. He died for everyone. So if he's willing to die for me and I understand that, then it helps me to understand the depth of his love for everyone else. And that makes, that helps me to love them too, because I'm so grateful for how he loved me. So the warning in John chapter two, if we go back to first John chapter two, starting at verse 15, it talks about, do not love the world or anything in the world. 
Okay, it's, it's to beware of the world and its deceitful messages. So as Christian home educators, we want to teach from this biblical worldview and from the basis of Scripture because, as Scripture tells us, the world is sending us the wrong messages. Okay? And we have this wonderful opportunity to, to not only train your children, to, but to grow ourselves. I've grown tremendously in my faith and my understanding of Scripture as I've had my children at home because I've been able to study it and think about it and process it. And when you have to explain it to someone, man, it really makes you think about it, doesn't it? Um, and that could be academia, it could be scripture, it could be whatever. But when you have to explain something to someone, you really, you need to understand it or at least have thought through it. So as a parent, when you're teaching anything, it enables you to learn the subject that much better. So all these years of doing videos with you guys, I have learned so much more about the law and scripture and just about the things that you guys need to hear about. And it's really, man, when you teach, it really gives you an amazing opportunity to grow. So, so now we know we need to be wary of the world's messages. Why do we need to be wary of the world's messages? Well, they lead us into sin. So 1 John chapter 4 talks to us about that. So I'm telling you, do a Bible study with your kids on 1 John. It's really amazing. And again, it's not the gospel. It's the letter near the back of the, the Bible. So 1 John reminds us to admit our sin. It also reminds us that Jesus came to free us from our sin, which I mentioned earlier. That's in 1 John 2, 2. He's the atoning sacrifice for our sins. You know, he's what frees us from our sin. So let's do a little bit of logic. Anyone take logic before? I love logic class. It was fun. Um, so the first question is, do we sin? And yeah, we covered that. The heart is wicked, right? That's why you can't follow your heart. And who frees us from that? Well, I just mentioned it. 1 John chapter 2, verse 2. Jesus is our atoning sacrifice, right? So if we want to be free from that sin, if you are a Christian, you believe in Christ because he frees you from your sins, right? So we need Jesus. You need Jesus, leader, mama, supervisor, dad. Do your children need Jesus? Absolutely. Does the rest of the world need Jesus? Absolutely. So... We all need Jesus, and Jesus died for each one of us, and that's the, the realization of the depth of his love for each person is what enables us to love others more. So, each one of us needs Christ. And in your education, that's the foundation. We talked about foundational things. That belief in Christ and acceptance of forgiveness for our sins is the basis. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's from Proverbs. That goes right with it. Okay, so are you aware of that need? Do you know personally your need for Jesus? Does, are you teaching your kids about that? Are you going through scriptures with them? And sometimes it seems, it could seem hard to talk to your kids about these types of things. But I'm telling you, it's the most important foundational thing that in your educational journey with your children that they need. Like to prepare them to be functional adults. It is the most important thing. And the world's messages are so tantalizing and they're so tempting and they look so good. And you know what? They seem to make sense. They really seem to make sense. But how can you not fall prey to those messages? How can you uh, stand firm on the truth? How can you know when the world's messages are not the good messages? Well, 
the only way, see, like when I used to work at a bank, and how do you know the counterfeit money? Well, you work with the real money, right? If you know the real thing, then you notice the counterfeit thing. So what's the real thing? Scripture. This is the real thing. This is the truth. When you're in here and learning this and growing in it with your children, when you see a counterfeit, like follow your heart, when I hear that now, I'm like, oh, you know, it just sends off these buzzers and rings and flags and all this stuff on my head. I'm like, no, 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 no. So when you're in there studying the word, you know when the counterfeit stuff pops up. Okay, and that comes up. In First John chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. That's in verse 4. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. When you're studying scripture and you're accepting Christ as your Savior, you will overcome the world. You need Jesus. Your spouse needs Jesus. Your children need Jesus. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. So spend time in the Word. Get to know Jesus. Get to know Jesus. Uh, as I was thinking about this and, and getting this, my notes together for this, and I was studying, I couldn't believe how, like, all the things, all those points that just popped into my head at the beginning were mostly covered in just the book of First John. I was like, wow, this is amazing. And let me tell you, there's no such thing as coincidence. God planned that out for me because he does that all the time because he's awesome. So, um, so I just suggest... Read through First John with your kids and talk through it and, and understand and, and discuss all these things. There's so much good things in, in First John for you to study. He has so much to say about it, uh, about Jesus, about Jesus' love for you. And then how that transforms us and changes how we interact with the world and how we respond to the world. So spend your time in scripture, spend your time in prayer, be still with God, okay? Like I said in my last video about refocusing through prayer, man, if stuff is getting crazy for you, just pause. Um, there's a story about the Wesley brothers, uh, Charles Wesley, and I think it's John Wesley, huge family, and the mother used to just be like, oh Jesus, so she would throw her apron up over her head in the middle of the kitchen and just pray. And then when the kids saw the apron up over her head, it was like her little private space, mobile private space. Oh, don't interrupt mom. She's praying. So something like that. Whatever. I know we don't wear aprons, but maybe you should start wearing one so you can do this. But uh, just stop, you know, stop. When it starts getting crazy, stop. Take a moment with Jesus. Recharge. Plug in. You know, get connected with Jesus. He makes all the difference. He makes all the difference. So, oh, oh, and I wanted to mention Matthew 6, 33, first the kingdom and all these things will be given to you. So as we are educating our children, seek God first, seek his direction for, you know, maybe what curriculum to use and that kind of thing. But as you're working with your children, seek him first together. That's the first thing. And you know what? Our whole world is about God, our whole relationship with it. Our life, once you've given yourself to Christ, you've given yourself to Christ, right? All of our lives goes with Christ. It's like our, our um, purpose for chat is to train our children to follow Christ in all of life, right? So that's what we're doing. That's why we're home educating. That's why we're going through a biblical worldview and using scripture to help us along this journey, which is not always a cakewalk, as you all know. 
But God is here to support you. We're working on memorizing Psalm 91 right now. Wow, that's a whopper. And I had to pray it this morning as I was going out to get milk because I was really nervous about doing this particular video. And I really think it was just about, I was just kind of being attacked because this is a good message and it's important for you guys to hear. And I was a little concerned about sharing it, but it needed to be shared with you. It needed to be shared with you. And I was praying Psalm 91 because we're memorizing it. It was in my mind. Boy, that was like instant peace in the heart, right? So this is what's going to bring you that instant peace, that prayer time with Jesus, that releasing things into Jesus' hand. Remember, beloved, release, release it, right? Just give it all to Jesus. So anyway, the foundations. We're going to be going through some foundational things in the next few videos, but this is the first one because this is your personal relationship with Jesus, your children's personal relationships with Jesus, your spouse's personal relationship with Jesus. That is the foundational thing. That's what we are building as we do Christian home education that foundational level is absolutely the most important thing. So mamas, be encouraged. Be encouraged that when you focus on teaching your kids to live for Jesus, you're doing the thing. You are doing the thing that God has called you to do. The academics will come. All the other stuff will come. It will be great. It will be wonderful. It's probably not going to happen on the time frame you expected it to. But God is good, and God's plan for you is perfect, and he loves you so, so much. Read First John to be reminded how much he loves you. Well, the whole scripture, goodness, the whole scripture is about how much he loves you. So be encouraged. God loves you. Get the foundational things first, and remember, keep training your kid, your kids, and yourself to follow Christ in all of life, right? Because that's why we're doing what we're doing. All right, take care, everybody. Have a great weekend and enjoy the beginning of your school year and those first few weeks of shifting gears and getting back into the groove. It'll be great, and I will see you next week. Oh, thank you, Patty. You're sweet. <laughs> All right, bye, everybody. Bye.